HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. Good food is worth a thousand words. This is Arti Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My Family Recipe from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food 52's much-loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it from voices across the world of food. We'd open these tubs of dough and they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't like born with a download on how to like velvet chicken. You know, like that's not something that just like comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning podcast that helps Green Gex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, what's happening today, Lou? We have a very special guest with us. We do. This is the beginning of a special feature, hopefully a long-running special feature, depending on just how patient this... Oh, patient. That's ironic. This doctor is how patient is the doctor. Yes. And he is because, you know, like, I think we've spent enough time researching out agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But one area in which I'll say, I can use the word incompetent, we think we're rather incompetent, is when it comes down to the health of our listeners. So we wanted to remediate this, right? <laughs> That's right. So we brought in, we are bringing in, we shall bring in quite frequently, Dr. Ryan Acock, emergency room physician, Dr. Ryan Acock. 
Hi guys. Hello Ryan. Welcome. Quite an introduction there. <laughs> well, welcome to the to the show. I always wanted to say that in my life, Lou. Say like, welcome to the show. And uh... <laughs> the show. It's a it's a show. Who knew? Right. So what what we're planning is like every four, five, six weeks, depending on how often something uh, something comes into our heads. Uh, okay, really into Chava's head um, that involves alcohol and medicine or just medical things in one way or another, we'll have Dr. Ryan Acock on to help us answer these important questions for Gringex bartenders. Right. And today, the question, I actually find it really funny because it's something that I will have will have never crossed my mind. You know, when I look into a bar, I look to a lot of potential dangers. But the one thing that had never seemed to be in any possible way a uh, something I should take my precautions about is grapefruit, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So, what exactly scares you about grapefruit juice, Chava? Well, I, I had never. It, it scares <laughs> me that it had never scared me before. You know, and now it turns out I should be careful about it. Can, can you? Well, grapefruit. Why are we talking about grapefruit? Because it is the base or it's a component of a lot of the world's most favorite uh, cocktails, right? Luke, can you name a few? Paloma. Oh. It's the Paloma. It's one of my favorite cocktails. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's the, the only one I know, though. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it a tequila sunrise? Uh, I well, as you as you know, I thought that was orange juice. Well, I know there's orange juice, but is it like maybe a mix? I don't know. Anyway, grapefruit juice. Ryan, yeah. what is the danger of grapefruit juice? Yeah, so it's not a danger with alcohol itself. There's no problem with mixing grapefruit juice and drinking it with alcohol. The problem comes in with the way that grapefruit interacts with other things that you eat and consume. Mm. So let's dial back. Everything that you put in your body, whether it be medication or whether it be food, gets absorbed through the intestines and then goes through the liver for metabolism. And that's where your body breaks it down. That metabolism goes through a series of steps that can be altered in how fast or how slow that those steps work by other things that you ingest. So, for example, a lot of medications interact with each other, and that's called drug-drug interactions. And sometimes food or things that you eat will also <laughs> so interact. It reminds me of some of my best weekend's drug-drug interactions. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, so you... <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so those are, those are uh, if you were to take certain drugs together and fill in effect, that might not be what we're talking about here, Lou. So what, oh, what we're okay. discussing about is how the liver metabolizes particular medications. Well, depending on what you take, particularly antibiotics, they go through the, the liver and they have to get metabolized. Grapefruit juice also works on that same process in the liver and can either speed up or slow down that process. And so if you take an antibiotic like Cipro, for example, and then follow that with some grapefruit juice, you may be getting a different level of Cipro landing in your bloodstream than you originally planned on. And but this, you, you mean specifically a lower level, yeah? Well, so sometimes you can get an elevated level. So let's say, oh. so this might be a problem if you're taking multiple drugs at once. So in medication like amiodarone, which is used for heart arrhythmias. And if you take that with Cipro and you drink your grapefruit juice on top of that, you might send yourself into an arrhythmia that you never planned on just because you happen to take all these different drugs and, and food stuffs together that all interacted yeah. in the liver. You know, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I think I'm going to, Pause you for a second here, uh, Ryan. So, uh, you know the 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 way that I 
found this information out as I was volunteering at a food pantry that um, that specifically served people who are HIV positive. And so whenever we got a donation of grapefruits or anything grapefruit flavored or related, um, it just it went either home with the volunteers or out in the garbage because mm. we, we knew that that would interfere with their medication. Yes. Um, and I would assume I would assume if I'm somebody who is um, uh, who is HIV positive and I'm on medication for that, like that's a significant thing in my life. And I'm guessing I'm focusing on the fact that, okay, I got to keep away from grapefruit. But like, what? why would you take Cipro? I guess my question to you is like, you know, sometimes I'll have a cold or I'll, you know, something will be wrong with me and they'll give me a medication and I won't pay much attention to exactly what medication it is. Yeah. And, and you're right. As a consumer, you probably don't need to pay much attention so yes, for the person who has HIV, who's going to be on medications for life, that person will know what they can and cannot eat. But you, Lou, as a consumer who's going to be on an antibiotic for one week, probably does yeah. not need to know that. And that's why the pharmacist is going to put a label on the side of the bottle that says, do not drink grapefruit juice or take any grapefruit containing oh. products while you're taking this medication. That's where those stickers come from. I've never seen a sticker. Well, I guess I haven't had a lot of medication in my life, uh, but I, I do have another question in this direction. So yeah. imagine like someone is taking this kind of medication and they can they drink alcohol in any capacity? Like it's just grape juice. If they have a Paloma where they use, I mean, I'm going to say blasphemy, right? But if they were to substitute in the Paloma grape juice with orange juice, with, will this person be okay? And what exactly is about, uh, yeah, like, like grapefruit that it's so... Like, like they react so specifically with the organism in a way that creates this, uh, this problematic interactions. Yeah, I don't know why it's grapefruit specifically versus other citrus fruits. So what I'm talking about is a pathway called, it's called the CYP pathway. But, the, but the, the end result of all that is it's for some reason only grapefruit juice affects that, whereas orange and lemon and lime do not. And so if you want to substitute with one of the other fruit juices, you should be fine. It's just for whatever reason, grapefruit attacks that pathway and really screws up the metabolism of whatever drugs that you're taking. That's insane. Which means it's probably also pomelo, which is sort of a grapefruit cousin, I think. It, so is that a different fruit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pomelo? Yeah. 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 It's. I think, I think. In, in Mexico, actually, I think uh, pomelo is far more common than grape juice, and we call it toronja. And it's delicious. It's a little bit sweeter, if I'm okay. not uh, if I'm not wrong. So. So the specific question was about grapefruit juice interacting with alcohol, and, and those two are not going to interact with one another. But the other things that you want to worry about is when you're taking alcohol with other antibiotics, they can interact with one another. And so that is something also to keep in mind is, am I taking something like an antibiotic like erythromycin and alcohol at the same time, and are those two interacting? So that is something to be concerned about. And that is why the pharmacist is also going to put that sticker on the side of your bottle that says, do not consume alcohol while taking this particular antibiotic, just to try to keep those interactions from occurring. And and in theory, your pharmacist, uh, assuming you're fairly consistent, your pharmacist is going to be um, the guy who knows all the other drugs you might be on. So if one drug or another drug separately do not interact with grapefruit or whatever else, um, to, he'll know or she'll know that together they might, right? So long as you're using the same pharmacy. So if you're shopping around and you're going to Walgreens, to CVS, to your local grocery store, they may not have records of your other 
purchases. And so that pharmacy record might be incomplete. So that's why it's also important as you as a patient, that is one thing that you do need to know is what medications am I on? You may not need to know all the interactions and what your food restrictions are going to be, but you do need to know what medications you're on and share that list with your doctor and your pharmacist every time you go for a visit. Huh. God, it seems like there should be a website where you can just put in, like, put in the names of the drugs you're on and it'll spit out what you can and cannot do. Yes. That would make life... Those do exist. Yes. Do they really? Yes. So there is a a prescriber's guide called Hippocrates that physicians use and it has a drug-drug interaction guide and you can just punch in whatever medications you're on. And it'll tell me as a prescriber, it'll tell me what I need to be careful of and should I potentially change around one of those medications. And we can use it as consumers. Yes. So you can get a free login to Hippocrates.com. Cool. We'll add, can you spell that? Hippocrates? Yep. It's E-P-O-C-R-A-T-E-S.com. Cool. Wow. Maybe we'll get some ad dollars out of them now. (laughs) So then, so this website, like you put in uh, the different drugs that you're on, it'll tell you if they interact negatively with each other. But um, but what about things like grapefruit and alcohol? Will it tell you that? It will tell you about alcohol. It's under the heading ethyl alcohol, but you can you can just bring that up and ask for drug interactions, and it's going to give you a long list of things that you probably should not take while you're drinking alcohol. As far as grapefruit juice, Hippocrates does not address that. Hmm. Okay. Oh, that's super interesting. And also, like, can I just make a fine point on that? As you were saying, Ryan, it's ethyl alcohol because there's a bunch of different alcohols. Yes. So it's not the same with methanol. It's not the same with uh, inferior alcohols. And I think that can be another big discussion for the future where we address what can happen if you consume other kinds of alcohols that might be in the heads or the tails of mezcal. When you're saying inferior alcohols, uh, Chava, do you mean like uh, Bud Light and Coors and, and Miller? Is that what you mean? Ryan, can you answer that to have it, Lou, please? Uh, yeah, so, it's definitely not, not a Coors. So in theory, the way a, a yeast works is yeast eats sugar, and then it's going to pee out ethanol, and it's going to fart out carbon dioxide. In reality, yeah. yeast are not that efficient. They will create other things like methanol and occasionally things like acetone. So that's what the inferior alcohols are, and that's... Methanol also goes by the name wood alcohol. It is what causes all the hobos to go blind when they start drinking things like, like a car cleaner and so forth. That why has. Are you, why are you picking on the hobos, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. But let's not get super deep into this because I think this can be a fascinating, complete episode. Sure. Uh, and 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 I love that you take it from the perspective of yeast not being a hundred percent efficient. Because a lot of people think that the problem is in distillation, but the culprit, the real culprit is yeast. So uh, I love that. I love that so much. Right. All distillation does is it concentrates everything. So it takes all those imperfections and it makes them much more noticeable. Nope. Nope. You're jumping ahead. That's going to be the next episode or two or three down there, Ryan. What are you doing? (laughs) Park that. Okay. so, So then to circle back to the actual point here... Do you think that there's any obligation on the part of bartenders or or Mm. beverage directors or bar owners um, to inform their customers as to what's in every cocktail? Yes. So if you go to a restaurant, they're going to list most of the basic ingredients that go into your meal. I feel the same thing should be if you go to a cocktail, it should say, Paloma, here's tequila and grapefruit juice and whatever else we had to add to it to get our particular flavor. 
And I think that that's the direction that some places are going into. And I think that really needs to be universal across the board. Mm. And I'm guessing if, I mean, when I, when I have a beautiful Paloma made by Michael Rubel, who makes the best cocktails? <laughs> when I have a Paloma made by him, it will always be grapefruit juice, fresh squeezed grapefruit juice, and the grapefruit's going to be in season. Blah. That's like that's how Michael rolls. But my understanding of a Paloma when I'm in Mexico is that instead of grapefruit juice, they're using squirt. Yes. Does the same does the same problem apply with with grapefruit flavored sodas? I can't imagine it does. But and what is squirt? Chava, fill me in here. Oh, Squirt is... Uh, Ryan! Of... Are <laughs> you like... You, you live in the South. You're in the USA. You're in Florida, for God's sake. That's like... That's the homeland of Squirt. No, it's... It's, it's Fanta it, here. It, that's what... Oh, it is Fanta. Sorry. I'll back well, off. Well, Im so, imagine, imagine a Banta which... Uh, that, that, that goes the grapefruit route. Okay. Right? Sure. So it's a grapefruit Fanta in a way. Now, is there any actual grapefruit juice in... Squirt? As uh, if you were to ask me if there's any real thing into most soda that we drink, I will say that uh, at least how I understand the world to work, that will be economically inefficient. So how about I am just so we don't, how about just so we don't get sued? Because <laughs> God knows we're like, we're just, we're always right on the, we could just fall off the edge tomorrow. <laughs> um, we'll look it up uh, and then post it on the website. But I'm hearing what you're saying, Ryan, as if it's artificial flavor, you're safe. But even if there's a tiny little bit of actual juice in there, it's not well, safe. Well, actually, actually, Lou, I, I think that's that's the, the question that it's important because toxicity, it's always in terms of amount, right? Like yeah. uh, something yeah, starts getting toxic, there's always a threshold. So yeah, in terms so of grapefruit juice... What threshold are we are we talking about? Can if somebody uses two ounces of grape juice for a cocktail, is still that offensive? Or like when when do we cross the limit? You keep saying grape juice. You keep saying grape juice, and the grape juice is okay. It's the grapefruit oh, juice. Grapefruit juice. Sorry, it's uh, my Spanglish doing it's stuff. Okay. With it's my, okay. With my I'm head. just pointing it out again so that we don't get sued. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, yeah. grapes are their own separate issue for people with kidney disease. But let's okay. Let's <laughs> stick with grapefruit juice. So grapefruit. <laughs> If you ingest any amount of it, it still has to go through that cytochrome pathway through the liver. So I would just, if you're taking a medication and you're told don't drink any grapefruit juice, don't. You you get zero. That's what you're, that's the only correct amount you one can take drop. is zero. Yeah, I wouldn't take One drop any, would take you down. I, I don't know if one drop would, but I would not. That's like asking how, how much alcohol is safe in pregnancy. It's just, it's zero. <laughs> like, sure, I'm sure there's some women who can get away with a little bit, but the answer is zero. You don't get to drink any. So you don't get to have any grapefruit juice if you're taking Cipro or one of the other medications that say don't take grapefruit juice. I got it. I mean, that's very clear. Okay. And I think and I'm sorry. Can we, hang on. Can we just go, what, why would somebody take Cipro? It's an antibiotic. It's largely fallen out of favor, but it is used to treat things like urinary tract infections. Okay, so then we're just going to avoid urinary tract infections so we can continue to drink whatever the hell we want, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Beautiful. Lovely. Okay, I, I think we're going to wrap this episode. Thank you, Dr. Ryan Acock, for your help. What do we, we should, we'll come up with a nickname for you. The cocktail doc? No. The cock booth doc. Doc, doc, doc cocktail? <laughs> doc cocktail. Well, how about cocktail MD? Cocktail MD. Okay, I like that. 
It's like a hip hop name too. That's cool. Do you, do you already have that dot com? Is that why you did well, that? No, I use it on Reddit, but it's completely anonymous there. I don't identify myself, but but people would know that I'm an ER doctor and I do cocktails, and there probably aren't too many of us out there that do both those things. Oh, I think there are a lot of, of doctors who are doing cocktails these days. That are familiar, appropriately familiar with cocktails, I should say. <laughs> appropriately familiar. Yeah, that's the, the important adjective there. Okay, so we're going to wrap this, and then we'll see you uh, in a few weeks for another question. Yeah. Sure. Exciting. I look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Hasta pronto. Bye-bye. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.